Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company. We're a movement of artists and patrons who believe in the power of beauty to evangelize our culture. And we're so pumped you're here. Hello, everybody. Marisol here. I bet you're wondering why you're hearing my voice right now, because normally all the podcasts are open with Jimmy, and he does all the intros and outros of these episodes. But today I am doing it. And if you're wondering why, there isn't really a real reason other than the fact that it's just a lot easier for me to do it after recording this awesome, awesome episode to just do the intro and outro. So here I am, everybody. Welcome to the Love Good Podcast. We are so happy that you are here and listening. And I personally am so pumped about this episode. So I have here Dave Radford from The Grey Havens. The Grey Havens is this super beautiful, super inspiring married couple who are in this incredible band together. And they are just some of our just all-time favorite Love Good artists. Their album, She Waits, was put in a package back in 2019, the December package. And Honestly, it is one of the best albums I've ever heard. I'm not exaggerating. Like, I really do think it is on my top list of favorite albums. I don't really have a specific top list of favorite albums, but I know Jimmy does, and it's one of his top five. But if I did, I probably would be on there. I'd have to think very, very long and hard about that. But I do know for sure that She Waits by the Grey Havens would be on that list. Anyway, the Grey Havens have a new album out, and it is called Blue Flower, and it is... Honestly, I think it's just as good. I haven't listened to it as much as She Waits, and so I can't technically put it on the same level, but it is incredible. And it is based off of C.S. Lewis's autobiography called Surprised by Joy. And when I heard that, I obviously just like laughed because I feel like we go through these little spurts of obsession here at Love Good. So we went through this Chesterton obsession that kind of lasted quite a few years. I mean, why wouldn't it? It's Chesterton. And I feel like this year has been a Lewis year. We're all kind of a little bit obsessed with C.S. Lewis. We had that amazing C.S. Lewis bonus series this past summer with Father Ryan Adorjan and Jimmy. And now here we are having this beautiful conversation with Dave Radford about C.S. Lewis's autobiography, Surprised by Joy, and putting this album in a package that is all about C.S. Lewis. And that's right. I just made a little announcement. The album Blue Flower, which actually doesn't release till October 8th, will be in the September package to patrons. So if you're not a patron yet, sign up because this album is incredible. It will change your life and you're going to want to hear it before anybody else. Okay. And with all of that, it is my honor and pleasure to introduce Dave Radford because like I said, I'm just so obsessed with the Grey Havens. And I honestly felt like this entire episode, I was just like completely geeking out over them and this album. And Dave, he's just a really amazing dude. And they're a really amazing married couple who just make really amazing music. So of all of that, I would love to introduce the song It's Possible off their upcoming album, Blue Flower by the Grey Havens. Yeah, walk down, looking to the left, to the right Didn't see any reason to believe all the hype Then I walked till I made it to the end of the road When I turned around, I found out where I've been Was beautiful It's possible To see the city from the wrong side It's possible I didn't see it in the right light 
side, here we go. Welcome to the Love Good Podcast, Dave. How are you today? Great. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Okay. For those of you who don't know, Dave is a member of the Great Havens, which you probably also heard in the podcast intro just about 15 seconds ago. And I think most of our people know who the Great Havens are now because mm-hmm. we love you guys. We Thanks. literally, everybody's obsessed with the She Waits. We can talk about that in a minute. Cool. But for those of our listeners who don't know who the Great Havens are, would you like to share a little bit about you and your wife and your band and yeah. everything? Yeah. So maybe the short story is that I grew up in a musical home and, you know, fell in love with singing in high school. I, I was a trumpet player before that. That's kind of how I got. That was mm-hmm. the soft, you know, intro into music and was really in, into just all the bands that, you know, the jazz bands, phonic band, the pep rally band that, you know, and then in high school, I got into the the choir and was into all the choirs and the musicals and magicals and all that. And at the end of my high school career experience, I had a friend who was in a Dave Matthews cover band um, called Trip and Billy's. And he was actually like the best Dave Matthews impersonator that I've heard. Come to think of it, he's the only one that I've heard, but he... <laughs> but, <laughs> I was about to say, how many Dave Matthews cover bands right, are there? Right, but I, I, I was, he was convincing. <laughs> and he, it was just towards the end of my senior year or, or that summer after we graduated, was like, hey, do you, would you be up for writing songs? And I had, I had just done lots of music, you know, mm-hmm. musical, musical theater mostly and, and all that stuff. And I had never considered writing a song and so we just sat down and with guitars whatever my mom had just taught me some some basic chords on guitar and I you know we we wrote a song it probably wasn't very good but I I remember that kind of lighting a spark Mm -hmm. and it was the yeah just just the first experience with that was very intriguing and enchanting and and so then I I started the down the road of of writing music and but I had already kind of decided to go to school University of Illinois for music education I wanted oh, to cool. be a choir director because I had some good experiences with with other choir directors and so I wanted to to do that and halfway through co- my college experience, so I just I just found myself gravitating away from teaching, and I kind of knew it wasn't what I what I wanted to do, and and so I just found myself in practice room after practice room, not doing homework and instead writing music and trying to to test all my songs out. Mm-hmm. My, all my friends or random strangers in the hallway, if, if friends weren't around, and so I just kind of knew, you know, that was a that was a something maybe I should. Chase, fast forward, I graduate, I meet Leisha at our church back home. My family oh, wow. started going to a new church and she was, music was not part of our story really until after we got engaged. So nine months, we went on a few dates. It didn't work out. Just friends. No way. Then, it, right. Then my mom offered to kind of give her free voice lessons and guitar lessons because that was what she did as an yeah. occupation at our house yeah. to kind of keep her, I think, in the, in the... Uh, I don't know, window of view or, or whatever. And 
And we were both part of this college ministry thing. And I was able to get to know her as a, as a friend a little bit. I, the real reason I said no way is because that's exactly what happened with my fiance and me too. Oh, really? And we went on some dates and it was like... It's just not working. And then we like, just were like, okay, we should just stop. And then Was we that your friends. first date? Or we no? went on like the first, we went on As three in, dates. Was, was this your first ever date or had you been on oh, dates no, before? No. Okay. W- so with this, other people? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. this was her first date ever. No way. Yeah, so Aww, I think that maybe beautiful too. could contribute yeah. to, to some of that, but it was, it was just a rough start. And, but eventually we got back together, you know, and then six to nine months later we're engaged and then we start doing music. So it, music was not a part of our dating ex- except this mm. one time I heard her sing and I was like, maybe we could sing together. So we get married a week later. I'm in the studio. We had kickstarted this six song EP that I came down here to Nashville to record. Cool. We we're living in. And uh, you were doing like solo music at the time. Yeah. I was like doing no Grey like, Havens existed. I was actually in a dueling pianos band. No way. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. So, yeah, That's kind of how I was. We were doing weddings and corporate events mm-hmm. a lot and, you know, random clubs or, or bars or wherever would hire us. And we, so that was my weekend thing. And then during the week, I was able to do more of the Grey Haven stuff. And we got married, made this six song EP. We put it out on Noise Trade. Noise Trade was kind of in its heyday. Mm-hmm. And so we got about, you know, 10 to 15,000 people that just downloaded it and gave us our email address. We shoot oh. an email out. We want to tour this. 15,000 yeah. people. But right, Noise Trade was just used to be like, just this amazing return. That's so cool. And email out to people, hey, we're a band that you just downloaded an EP from. We want to tour in your living room. Yeah. And boom, we're we're now touring in people's living room. And it just kind of just organically evolved. There's never really been this one thing that's kind of, you know, outside of the original noise trade thing. Yeah. It's just been kind of slow and that's steady really cool. up, until the, up until now. So that says nothing about what our music is. You know, it it started more narrative pop folk. Yeah. And it's kind of dropped the folk yeah. part of a little bit. And, and it feels a little bit more pop and cinematic. And, yeah. But the narrative piece is, I think, there. Still. And I think that's one of my favorite things about your music is the narrative piece. It's Thanks. very unique. I Thanks. love that. And just like very much just capturing, mm-hmm. intriguing. And yeah, it's just been so fun. So... We Thank put you. out, for any of our patrons that remember the album, She Waits, that went in our December 2019 or 18, mm-hmm. 18, 2018 package. Just like, I remember so distinctly the very first time, actually, no, this wasn't the first time I listened to it. I don't really remember the first time I listened to it, but I remember before it came out, no, it was right, it was like the day it came out. Mm-hmm. I was in the car with like actually one of our Love Good Apprentices, one of the like apprentices that like worked with us at the Mm -hmm. time and we had just like assembled the package so we had assembled like 600 packages with your cd and other things that we were sending out to all these people and we had them all in the car right oh wow and i'm pretty sure it was like we released i'm pretty sure the album came out and it went out to our patrons like the same day yeah so basically like it had been on spotify for like four hours and all these people are getting these packages so we're driving in the car on the way to the post office and this kid his name is Austin Smith he was like okay like what's the deal with this CD that we just sent all these people and I was like oh we need to listen to it we start I like put it in we start Mm -hmm. listening to it we've only heard like an a minute of like I think probably the first song Mm -hmm. and I just he just starts going like yeah 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 and he looks at me and he's like Marisol let's be saints let's be saints (laughs) and I was cracking up because I think that's a really beautiful like 
representation of how that album specifically, like Mm. what that provokes in me is this Mm. just like intense desire for heaven, Mm. this intense longing for just like something better than Mm. this world. Mm -hmm. And I think we all know that that exists. Mm -hmm. And like we as Christians know that that's heaven. That's where we're all going to end up. But I think we all just know, well, hopefully we'll all Mm -hmm. end up, we'll all strive to end up. And that the fact that we have this desire for something that like we can't articulate, but like something that your music really shows me is that like, this is a universal desire. Like we Mm -hmm. all desire this. And so now we have Blue Flower, mm-hmm. which is coming out October 8th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's once again, this like secondary reminder, like mm-hmm. just listening to it today, thinking like once again, like this beautiful portrayal of this like insane desire mm-hmm. for beauty and mm-hmm. for heaven that I'm just so excited to like put in front of people mm-hmm. and for people to listen to. And I told you before, like, I mean, Jimmy says that She Waits is on his list of top five favorite albums of all time. Wow. And I, I honestly think it's the same for me too. Wow. Like favorite albums of all time in terms of like has like actually changed my heart and has like made me partly who I am too. So thank so you bad. for that. Thanks for saying that. And yeah. I also told you this before, but like I wish I had the time to break, like listen to Blue Flower as much as I have she yeah. waits before yeah. this conversation. But no uh, I've only had about like 48 hours You're to good. really like You're good. let it sink in. No, actually that that's actually could be good for questions because yeah. you're just like, I wonder... I have lots of Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, so Blue Flower is based on C.S. Lewis's autobiography. Yeah, Surprise, Surprise, Joy. Joy. Yes. Which I have not read. Okay, yeah. But that's actually, I've read a lot of Lewis, but I haven't read that. Same here, up until just, so it wasn't yeah. something that I had read. And, mm-hmm. and I, my, I just cut you off. I'm really mm-hmm. sorry. I was just like more like a, yeah, me too. Go for it, go um, for it. <clears throat> I had, my dad's a pastor, so mm-hmm. pastor's kid. And I grew up, hearing both in his sermons and then later on in life when I started listening to more sermons online, other sermons, you C.S. Lewis gets quoted like (laughs) one out of one sermon, you know, like uh, it it seems. And Surprised by Joy was one of those books that kept being quoted. Really? Like, I honestly don't think I'd even heard of it. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a deep, it's a deep cut. I, I think. Yeah, well, and because right. it, and it's just because he's so prolific too. Yeah, exactly. It, but I had heard so many quotes from this book, and uh, but never read it mm-hmm. up until, you know, I thought I was going to do this uh, a Lewis concept album. So maybe I should just tell you the 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 mini story about yeah, yeah, yeah. how the album came to be. This is my first interview about this album, so this is this is front burner. Not polished. I we were on tour for She Waits. Okay. And we were burned out in a lot of ways, you know, di- just from the road and, and other things. And I was really dreading going back home and trying to start a new writing mm-hmm. process because that's that's what you do. You you write it, you make it, you tour it, you come back home and repeat. <laughs> yeah. And and I I was just I had nothing in the tank. And a friend of mine had recommended, I, I remembered a recommendation from a friend who wanted me to read this book called Planet Narnia, which is a, a book by Michael Ward that basically, he theorizes that yeah. the planet... There's all these theories about right, the Chronicles well, of Narnia. Right, exactly. Yeah. He, he basically makes the argument, I think convincingly, that each of these seven Chronicles of Narnia books were modeled 
or archetyped after one of the seven planets in the medieval planetary system, which Lewis was very kind of obsessed with. That's kind of cool. And so with Tread the Dawn, you know, it, it, you have the sun, silver chair is the moon because it's very marshy and wet. And Saturn is the last battle because it's kind of like the end of time. And, That's so you, funny. you know, it, it like, it, I think it's pretty convincing. F- f- pretty convincing. So I was just fascinated by that. And then again, with just Lewis in general. And so I went on a Lewis reading binge and thought my concept for the album was going to be something completely different. And as a last due diligence type of read, I read Surprised by Joy Mm because I thought, well, I should hear Lewis's story from his own Mm -hmm. mouth because I'd read other biographies. And a few chapters in, he's talking about his first experience with with something he calls joy and joy to him is just like this this very strong unsatisfied desire that kind of rushes in on you know into his you know mind and, and heart this unsatisfied desire more desirable than any satisfaction so it's like what he calls like this enormous bliss and like this you know like this great stab of longing that he feels. And at six years old, he recounts, he's, he's looking back on when he was six and he's like looking out at these hills outside of his nursery window. And that, that was just, nature's a big kind of vehicle for this emotion for him. And he's like, and there I was six years old, a votary of the blue flower, which is like, an, a votary is like an admirer of. Yeah. And it seemed like a, a hyperlink, yeah. that, that word, Blue flower. Mm-hmm. It, but he doesn't explain what it is. Mm-hmm. He just he's he kind of assumes you know what it is, and he's just going to move on to the next. But I was like, "What is? The, hold on, what's the blue flower?" And I don't think I gave it too much thought in the moment, but I, maybe I underlined it or or highlighted, or maybe I quick searched it, but and, and moved on. But that image of a blue flower, then just the hyperlink real quick, is that <laughs> it is, it's like, I think it's uh, 17 or 1800s German literature is where it originates. It's like the symbol used in a novel for this intense emotion that Lewis feels. So it's like this symbol already exists and he's just kind of saying, yeah, I feel what this author, Did he know what authors, that was at six years old? I, I don't, maybe not at six years old, but <laughs> when of, he wrote it, he I wouldn't put it past him because at eight years old, he has an experience where he's like, and I, there I was reading Norse mythology. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, yeah, Lewis, exactly. But like, so, th- so the blue flower was kind of this initial, oh, that's intriguing. And as I read the book more and more, the blue flower started to, as he recounts experience after experience with what he calls joy, the blue flower kind of arose in the in the back of my mind and kind of stood forth as the icon and symbol, physically and visually, of of what joy is. Mm-hmm. And you know, hence the 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 name of the album and the, and the title track itself. So that was kind of the. After I read the book, all of my plans for my other concept Lewis album, kind of pivoted toward I want to chase this. that and like you said it's kind of a a cousin or a sibling album of of She Waits in yeah. some ways because it taps into the kind of the same source mm-hmm. with She Waits it just has more of a, a, a concrete you know source in the Bible Blue Flower is more like where does this you know come from and, and more channeling mm-hmm. Lewis before he got to a place of faith yeah. and belief so it's almost like a pre-Christ 
experience and and yeah, working out what and and investigating in all the wrong places, yeah. you know, before he finally finds the gardens where it's grown, you yeah. know, and in Christ. So, yeah. Yeah. And it was beautiful. Like as I was listening to this album, I'm thinking of my own experiences of this like blue flower experience of like this longing. Yeah. It's like absolute longing. Mm-hmm. And then also just paralleling it with other things. Like, so this is my experience of the album as well. I yes, <laughs> have me. you ever read anything by Michael D. O'Brien, like Father mm-hmm. Elijah or anything? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm I'm obsessed with Michael D. O'Brien. Jimmy's obsessed with Michael. We talk about it on the podcast. Michael David Brian. Michael D. O'Brien. Sorry. D. O'Brien. Yes. So like he's this novelist and he's amazing. What's the book that he's written? So Father Elijah is like his most, it's his most common, but basically all of them are amazing. So we talk about him on the podcast so much. So I'm sorry to all my listeners who just like all they hear about is this. So, (laughs) but I'm in the middle of Sophia House for the first time, which is basically a prequel to the other books, mm-hmm. See, but you're supposed to still read it last. And it's this beautiful... So basically, this character is... He actually lives a life very similar to Lewis in the sense that like his, the trajectory of his life is very similar. Mm-hmm. And he's been through like so... He has so much suffering in his life so much. And then he finally like has this conversion moment. And then the rest of the book is kind of about like processing the suffering like alongside the like the redemption of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so when I was listening to Endless Summer, I was literally like weeping mm-hmm. thinking about like this character because it's literally like the perfect soundtrack to mm-hmm. this man's life, but also to this like universal experience mm-hmm. of suffering mm-hmm. and this universal experience of like the only way that this is possible with a good God is if there is like an endless summer that's coming, mm-hmm. like an eternal joy. Mm-hmm. And I just like want to thank you for mm-hmm. also for just like capturing that. Obviously, like Lewis captured it too. Yeah. But like for like the ability to to capture this experience that is is so universal because I mean we all mm-hmm. have experienced this and there's so much literature that captures mm-hmm. this. But in this way that's just like, yeah, so beautifully put. So mm-hmm. yeah. You're welcome. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. And like, I would love to hear more about like that song, but also just the album and like Mm -hmm. how it's been to like dive into Lewis's experience and then like capture it in your own creative way. Mm -hmm. Like what that's like for you. Yeah, that was. So first with the endless summer thing, if we almost named the album, we almost gave it a subtitle. And if, if we, if we could, it would be, you know, blue flower colon when summer meets winter because, Mm. uh, because the, mindset that Lewis kind of starts off with is this enchantment with the world yeah, and maybe a hope that there is a place that's real, mm-hmm. what, what, like that matches where this desire comes from. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of gets disenchanted in school, at boarding school for a lot of reasons he goes into in his book and he finds the universe to be like a he he sheds his his newfound belief in God. He he around ten years old, you know, is taught at school that there is a God and it's the God of the Bible and and he has a real struggle with his prayer life and his and he's kind of tries to be perfectionistic with his prayers and every night he kind of dreads meeting God and prayer and and anyway he he sheds his belief of Christianity and, and a couple years later and becomes a little bit disenchanted with the world and and finds it a cold and unfriendly place. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of 
you know, to borrow the the planet Narnia thing, that it's a very Saturnine or a Saturn based <laughs> worldview, which yeah. is that the it's it's outside of us. I mean, it's just it it's cold, it's vast, it's mindless, mm-hmm. it's non purposeful. And he keeps asking the question, how can it be so beautiful and yet so cruel and so meaningless? And so that's kind of the wintry mindset that he takes on. And it's almost like finding his way back to summer where he, he kind of, you know, is disenchanted and, but then nothing else satisfy his, his, the rational part of his brain. So I think Lewis is pretty famous for both having a razor sharp intellect <laughs> and a huge romantic mm-hmm. like story. He, he's been called the romantic rationalist. Yeah. And I think in large part that's that's a a the reason why people love him so much. So in the end, he can't come to logical terms with it making the most sense that there is no God. Mm-hmm. So it, so his conversion is actually kind of sad because it's almost like he goes and he explores every single other possible logical avenue that he can <laughs> yeah. and then just resigns himself to the fact that nothing else is as logical. Yeah. And he describes his conversion experience as almost like being dragged, kicking and screaming through the gates of heaven, you know, through the gates of heaven. And then later, you know, he, he actually becomes a, a Christian, you know, and, and falls in love with with the gospel and, and, and Jesus and, you know, all of that. But it's, it's this, yeah, slow emergence out of the winter that he finds himself in, you know, around 13 years old into the, the good news of the, the yeah. eternal summer. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And the other thing that I loved about, there's one line in the song that I wanted to ask you about, because at a certain point in, and maybe I'm totally wrong, but at a certain point in this song, there's this line that says, I'm giving standing room to the cold, but not a place upon the throne. Mm-hmm. Which to me is this like, okay, like joy and like this summer is like Mm -hmm. obviously an experience, a gift, Mm -hmm. something we don't deserve. Mm -hmm. But there also becomes a point where we need to choose joy. Mm -hmm. And like you can let, you can choose the cold. You can choose this Mm -hmm. like, like this world that doesn't satisfy. Mm -hmm. Or you can choose to like let that exist, but Mm -hmm. like choose joy. Yeah, which I mean, maybe I'm wrong. No, I mean, I th- that's that's a place where it's coming from. I kind of nicked that line from from Michael Ward's book, and mm. and when he's talking about you know the line of which in the wardrobe and, yeah. and that archetype, Lewis gives he has a he has room for for standing room for the cold, but not a place upon a throne. So I, I kind of nicked that, but that's just kind of saying like acknowledging that evil, like the white witch's schemes, you yeah. know, they're real and there, there does, it can seem like there's an endless winter and, you know, yeah. like, a, but the, that doesn't mean that it rains in the mm-hmm. end or that it wins or that there is no hope. You know, you mm-hmm. have all these characters when Lucy comes into the world that, that are kind of these outposts of joy that are kind of resilient, like standing against and, and being resilient against, even in the midst of the cold, yeah. believing yeah. that it won't always be this way so yeah beautiful literally i'm this is just so exciting to me i know jimmy's gonna listen to this podcast and be really jealous because he loves lewis so much and actually we just did a bonus series this past summer oh nice about four lewis books and it was um mere christianity the great divorce the horse and his boy and was it one of the science trilogy books no 
I'm the horse and his boy. I would be curious why that one as opposed to the other. It was actually I was surprised as well too, mm-hmm. and now I'm gonna forget because it's been like a little bit since I listened to this. But has something to do with like the Father Ryan and Jimmy, the ones that did the mm-hmm. series. It really felt like it captured the whole like essence of Narnia in yeah, this book. I could see that, and which is so interesting because it, it doesn't like, have any of the characters that cross exactly. over. Exactly. It has no one from our world. Interesting. And so this like underlining theme, like Aslan has always been there. It's mm. kind of like what they focused on in the podcast. That's cool. But now I'm going crazy, not remembering what the fourth book was. No, I've, I've, it's just been a while. We do a so A lot of people, that's here. their favorite Narnia book and it's always- The intri- Horseman's yeah, Boy? Yeah, I've, I've, for a while I would have said that. My wife certainly would say The Horseman's Boy is her favorite. So. Which is so intriguing because it's not, Aslan's barely- yeah, you know, it makes a scene until the end, and, and yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's intriguing. Anyway, I also want to talk about the song. It's possible. <laughs> yeah, because it's so fun. <laughs> Thanks. And I like was super surprised when I heard it. It was one of the first I heard, I think, because it's just like really different than all yeah. the other stuff you've done. Yeah. Where did this come from? This like yeah. Also, the one way ticket on a two way street. Like it's just it's just fun. Okay, this song was a last minute. Right. In in historically I've said that, you know, I'm such a slow writer when it comes to lyrics, especially. And and with this past album, as we got close to the deadline of when all the songs needed to be done by, the sad part is I'm I'm wondering if that's not true and in, in that I'm not a in that I'm a slow writer. Like I wonder if that's not true in that I just don't have enough deadlines to <laughs> because the with a week to go, I uncharacteristically wrote both It's Possible, like in an afternoon and oh Rhythm of the East. And yeah. so part of me is just like, maybe I just need like somebody breathing down my neck to, you know, say turn in a song by, by next Tuesday or whatever. But this song kind of came last minute. It was a, a quirky, certainly addition to the, to the album and one that I had tried to write many times before. And it's telling this story that Lewis talks about in his autobiography of his first trip to Oxford, where he's, you know, quote, all agog for last enchantments and dreaming spires. And he's Mm -hmm. seen it on the postcards and all that. And he wanted to go to school there and he's going there for his, his entrance, entrance exam. And he gets off the train and he walks into Oxford and he's very confused because it doesn't look at all like the pictures or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he he finally gets to like where he's clearly going off into nature now and he's past all of the the city. He's like I I don't get it. This and then he turns around and he looks and there's the postcard mm-hmm. image. And so he 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 says in his book he had come out into he had come out into the city you know, from the wrong side. Mm-hmm. And he said, I didn't know at that point to what extent that was an allegory for my entire life. Wow. And he he writes then a whole book called The Pilgrim's Regress that's basically that where, anyway, I, I, I won't go too far into that, but basically he is, he locates the source of desire thinking that it's it's in the opposite direction of where where God lives. You know, that's the, that's the point of Pilgrim's Regress. And it's just, so he runs from that and seeking where joy comes from only to finally realize when he turns around and and looks back, oh, that, that's where it comes from. And so that's where the one way ticket on a, on a two way street, it's just like the, the mindset that he has is that as he's exploring all of the different worldviews and, and truth avenues that there exist, he is ruling out 
the possibility that it could be God. Like he's already mm. kind of ruled it out. So he's not going to turn around because that's where he came from. And he's already kind of rejected it. But it's only when he, you know, finally does turn around again, you know, and 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 look and that he he sees, you know, the picture for for what it is. So that sounds weighty and heavy. And the song is not at all that. It's it's kind of this yeah. more upbeat. <laughs> It has all these the right sounds word. in it yeah. too. <laughs> we wanted to, it doesn't sound like what you think of it at Oxford. It just kind of sounds like very world. Yeah. The album kind of took on a world mm. instrument type vibe in, in a lot of ways. And, and that wasn't love that. planned at all. It just kind of organically happened. And there's a weird vocal part that starts it that my wife sings. And yeah, it's just kind of a fun. That's so fun. So yeah, that story was the launching point mm-hmm. for the song. But once it launched, we it kind of morphed and changed and it just was the basis of what we didn't really stay true to in an Oxford vibe. Otherwise, I think it would have been more like a classical yeah. thing. That's so fun. Yeah. So. That's so fun. Okay, so another thing that I thought was crazy was when I was listening to, by the way, there's a podcast that you can listen to, the Blue Flower Podcast, where you dig yes. really deep into, it's called the Blue Flower Podcast. We right? named it the Blue Flower Podcast for three days. And oh. then we changed it to the Grey Havens podcast. Now it's the Grey Havens yeah. podcast, so you can find it on Spotify. And you dig My really, fault. you dig really yeah. deep into each song. Yeah, um, which mm-hmm. is so fun. And so, if you like this conversation and you want to know more about the depth of each song, you can go listen to that. But also, you were sharing. There was one episode you were sharing, like the people that were on it, mm-hmm. like helped with the album. Yeah. And I was just laughing because this happens every single time, where it's like all of our friends. We have no idea they have all these connections to uh-huh. each other, and like natural is really like this beautiful connection of like all these artists yeah. and specifically in like the the culture, like the, the culture that Love Good tries to cultivate. Yeah. All of these artists who really do believe in like beauty, who yeah. really do believe that they want to create something good. Like they are all connected, yeah. which I love. So you were saying that Will Chapman played the... Yeah, he played the drums. The on drums, this one. which he's been on our podcast. Oh yeah, and we've put music, his music out. And yeah. same with Julian Edwards, his wife. Yeah, and amazing. then Nate Duggar, Drew Holcomb, and the neighbors. Yeah. Drew Holcomb and Ellie Holcomb are dear friends of ours. Yeah. Like have been on the podcast multiple times. And then Asher Peterson. Yeah, we've had both Andrew Peterson and Sky Peterson oh, on our that's podcast. Awesome. Andrew Peterson's a huge influence for yeah. us. Yeah, and then we just like Sky's adorable. I've yeah. actually never met Asher. But, oh, he's, he's awesome. He's the best. But like, I also do know like his sound. And once you said that, I was like, yeah. like the album, like yeah. I can totally hear Asher yeah, his, in it. Yeah. His, his fingerprints are all over that. Oh, record. absolutely. Yeah. So just like a super beautiful testimony to the way that like, not only you, but all of our friends here in Nashville mm-hmm. and his community of artists are like really working to change our culture for the better. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's who we are at Love Good. Like we really believe that we're a community of artists and patrons who believe in the power of beauty to change mm-hmm. the world. So we're trying to get beauty in the hands of as many people as possible. And I can see that connectedness in our patrons mm-hmm. and it's beautiful to see that connectedness in our artists as well. Yeah. And that like, hopefully like our goal is to be that bridge so mm-hmm. that these patrons can know these artists. Yeah. Because even though I know you guys are all connected, I don't think it's possible for our patrons to- Yeah know to what degree yeah know yeah. each other and like to know all of these artists mm-hmm. you know yeah and so i'm just like thankful that that exists and thankful mm-hmm. for the testimony of that and it in, it encourages me and in, in mm-hmm. that like we really are this movement of people mm-hmm. that are like really excited about yeah. culture and beauty yeah and yeah there's so, a wealth of of talent and you know personality and just yeah. just good vibes among all the the people that you mentioned and 
And uh, it, it was a very enjoyable experience. We actually, for the first time, had a break in the middle of production, six weeks off. And I sent all of our songs off to friends during COVID. Oh, that's awesome. To just, it was, it was the most fun because I just said, hey, can you add your, just send me like 10 ideas, 10, <laughs> 10 stems. And some people would send like 50 or 60, like Asher. <laughs> and just what would you add to the song? Yeah. So during the break, we we would get back all of these zip files with just tons of ideas, and it was uh, it was like Christmas every you know Christmas morning on the present side of things, where you where you open up your email and you're able to just import all of these really cool ideas That's into so your session. And yeah, that's Asher, not overwhelming for you. Uh, it would be, I think. It, so this was the first time on an album that the sessions lived on my computer and I was more of in a, in a co-producer role. Mm-hmm. I think if it was all down to me, it, the process would be really overwhelming, especially my first time I've made major respect for any artist that is a self-produced yeah. artist. It's, I'm a pretty good second guesser. So if, if it was just me, I'd be overwhelmed. But Ben Shive, who produced mm. the album with us, he... He's really good, just in general as a musician, but also at being like, yeah, we don't need that. Yeah, it's amazing, but doesn't you know serve the song or yeah. we already doing this thing over here. So he's great. That's so great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being yeah. on the podcast again. You've been on the podcast before. I didn't even mention mm-hmm. that before, but thank you so much for coming back. I'm so thankful to reintroduce the Great Havens to our patrons. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Maybe introduce for the first time some of them because I really love what y'all do. I really love, like I said, like I'm so thankful that just like you guys exist and that your music exists and that you're continuing to like bring this beauty to the forefront of our culture. Yeah, we're thankful for what you guys do as well. Yeah, Yeah, we're fans. And so thankful. October 8th is the release of Blue Flower. Yep. But until then, you can listen to basically half the album. Half the album's out right now. On Spotify, which released back in July. So yeah, we're so thankful to have you and we'll see you soon. Thank you. They say we're in for an endless winter Till we're gone But when I search that sunrise Feels like I belong to an You are listening to Endless Summer off their upcoming album, Blue Flower by The Grey Havens. Wasn't that just such a fun conversation? Dave is just so easy to talk to. Such just like a pleasure to be around this just like explosion of joy. And it was just so fun to have this conversation with him. And actually, we didn't even mention this on the podcast, but he had a baby a week before this was even recorded. So we know he was a little sleep deprived, even though... He says that his baby sleeps really well. So, but like what, how fun and how much energy to have when you literally just had a baby a a week ago. But yes, we love the Grey Havens, which is why, as I said at the beginning of this episode, this album is going to be in our September package. So once again, if you are not a patron, you definitely want to become a patron now because 
this album makes it worth it. It's so good. You'll get it first and you'll be able to really dive into a lot of what Dave and I talked about. If you're interested in hearing even more of the ins and outs of this album, you can definitely go listen to the Grey Havens podcast as well and where he talks about each song and how it's written and just kind of how it came to be. He talks about the production of each song, the writing of each song. He even brings Leisha in and it has her kind of give like her first impression whenever he wrote each song. So honestly, like it's the best way if you're a super fan of the Grey Havens like I am. That's really the best way to get to know the album. But first, you got to listen to the album. And so if you want to listen to it before anyone else, you can become a Lovegood patron at joinlovegood.com. We've really enjoyed all of these artist interviews. It has been such a joy and pleasure. And I just feel like this is a really good way for me to just say thank you for all of you podcast listeners, because you, if nothing else, you made it possible for me to meet all of my favorite artists and interview them in the studio. And so thank you all of you for listening. Thank you to all of our patrons for making this podcast possible. And if you're not already a patron, I'll say it one more time, go become a patron, lovegoodculture.com joinlovegood.com. Definitely subscribe to our email list because we are going to be announcing this week what will be in the September package other than this amazing album by the Grey Havens. Have a great day and have a wonderful close to your summer and great beginning of the school year. Thanks for listening to the Love Good Podcast. Share this episode link on social media, leave us a review, and join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. You'll start enjoying our premium content and seasonal packages that not only raise your standard for music, books, and art, but that also inspire you to evangelize culture through beauty. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.